Welcome to How You Spend Your Days. The goal of this show is to explore debt, break down the stigma around talking about money, and share my own journey of becoming debt-free. My name is Colin, and today I'm joined by a special guest, Scott Rickens. How's it going, Scott? Hey, good. How are you, Colin? Doing well. Uh, Scott and I have known each other for about 10 years now, uh, and uh, we've been able to cross paths again, um, both of us on financial journeys. Uh, and Scott has taken to uh, kind of a larger stage in, in producing a documentary for uh, explaining the process and general principles around um, FIRE, which is Financial Independence Retire Early Community, this, uh, this thing that seems to be taking the, the news and media world by storm lately. But uh, could you tell me a little bit more about that, Scott? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we've, um, we, it, the media thing has been kind of uh, an unbelievable, uh, uh, serendipitous, well-timed uh, zeitgeist moment. Um, because, yeah, we're working on a, a documentary that, uh, that showcases this amazing community, uh, the framework of FIRE, uh, the influencers that have sort of made up this, uh, you know, the, the community itself and, and championed the community and fostered the community. And, um, and so we've taken the last almost two years now, uh, we've taken a crew on the road to, to get that story, to meet those people, um, and to, uh, to try to share this, this framework with as many people as we possibly can. Um, my wife and I came across the, the fire, uh, framework through Mr. Money Mustache, um, I was an avid listener of the Tim Ferriss podcast and Mr. Money Mustache was a guest. And I, I heard that episode and it fundamentally changed my life. Um, pretty crazy. It was like a Harajuku moment. It was like, oh my goodness, this is, this is everything I've been looking for and had no idea I was looking for it. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, I took the, I, I went, went down the rabbit hole of fire uh, bloggers and information and podcasts and and then I started looking for video and I kind of came up short. I found a few talks and whatnot, but that was about it. And I thought, oh, there's an opportunity here to, I, I think there's a story here that's interesting enough and, and deserved of, of a documentary. And I think that that documentary could do a lot of good for the world. So um, those kind of check my, my personal mission statement boxes off pretty well. Absolutely. <laughs> and so uh, I kind of just, one day I came to my wife and said, hey, I'm, I, I think I want to make a documentary about this fire stuff I've been talking to you about. And and she kind of looked at me like, well, what are you waiting for? <laughs> and I was like, I guess your permission. Because <laughs> I think this is a pretty big undertaking. Well, I know it is. Um, but uh, but I have a way of selling ideas in a way that's not uh, not like that. It's more like, hey, I've got this idea and I think we can do this thing and I think we should do this. And what do you think? And Well, and you're not, um, you're not just making a documentary. You're documenting your own journeys through... Uh, through and towards fire, correct? Yeah, it's a wonderful way to keep ourselves um, on the on the path. I mean, and keep ourselves, uh, yeah, ad- adherent to the ideals. Um, and that's happened throughout the film, uh, the the production of the film as well, which you'll see in the movie. But, um, but yeah, we ended up, uh, you know, I, I went on, I went on a popular fire podcast called uh, Choose Fi, and uh, actually just called their their number and left a voicemail and said, "Hey guys." Um, you know, this is me, this is what I'm planning on doing. And I, I think you guys would be wonderful characters in that story. And I got a call back the same day and they were so excited and their enthusiasm <laughs> really, um, really made this thing 
real, you know, right. for me. And, uh, and then, you know, within a couple of weeks I was, I, w- I had my own episode on their podcast and that made it very real. Um, because that got out to the fire community and the, and people seemed to, um, really connect with the, this idea of making a film about this movement. And, um, it literally connected me with, uh, with our financier. It connected me with our, our now director, Travis Shakespeare, who is a senior vice president of BBC, um, and a, wonderful storyteller and a wonderful friend. Um, and it connected me with, you know, so many other people within the community and, um, and really gave us a little bit of clout as well to be on that podcast. Uh, you know, kind of was a calling card to open some doors because access is everything when it comes to making films, um, is getting in the door with a, you know, with a bunch of lights and camera and gear and people it's a, it's actually quite invasive. Um, so, uh, yeah, so we started working on that and then, um, that led to a book deal, um, which was not in the cards. I, I, I hadn't planned on that one and that, uh, that 10 X the amount of effort that has taken to make this thing happen, but I think it'll be worth it. Um, and, uh, and then the other fun thing, you know, from a podcasting perspective, I'm, I'm a podcast geek myself and I love, love the, um, this, the storytelling craft within audio and, um, and so it's always been a plan that uh, knowing how, how, you know, movies are made and how films work, uh, you end up, you know, you go in, you get a two hour interview with an amazing person, amazing influencer, whatever it is. And, uh, and maybe five minutes of that'll make the film, you know, right. you've only got 70 to 90 minutes to tell a story. Um, and those, those interviews will go, you know, 60 to 120 minutes. So, um, there's a whole bunch of content sitting on the cutting room floor. So we're, actually in the mo at, at this very moment, we're in the process of repurposing that, that audio and, and recreating it into a, a series, um, a podcast series. So, so we're doing a movie, a book and a podcast, um, in about two years. So awesome. it's, it's, it's been a hell of an undertaking, but I can't wait. It's starting to ship. We sent the uh, audio book version of, of the book out, um, like just a couple days ago to our Kickstarter backers. And, um, I, my goodness, Colin, the, the fear was, was strong, man. (laughs) (laughs) Hitting send was, it was a moment. I'll tell you what I, yeah. These things hold us accountable. I mean, I think I love the idea that your documentary is holding you accountable. It's not just you telling someone else's story. Um, you know, this podcast was created mostly because most of the content that I found, it's probably the same content you found is that there's so many blogs. There's so many podcasts. Um, the podcasts are kind of interesting. I, I love the Choose the Fi guys. They're very, very passionate and very energetic, like you said. Um, but what I found is that most of the, it was a lot of financial independence people interviewing financial independence people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then when you go look at books, you find things like, you know, Vicki Robbins' book and David Ramsey's books. And oftentimes these books come from the perspective of someone has already done it. And here's my notes on how you can go do it too. Whereas something like this documentary that you're working on, uh, which I don't think we've, we, it's called playing with fire. Uh, Correct. And, uh, and podcasts like mine, I'm trying to show the behind the scenes journey so that ideally someone can watch the documentary or listen to a show like this and actually apply some of these strategies. And I think we're seeing a lot of that lately. I'm, I'm, I think, uh, you know, there's the minimalism documentary on Netflix. There's the new uh, Marie Kondo documentary. There seems to be, uh, you know, a big focus on, you know, something's not working with how we're living. Let's let's tweak some things and see what happens. Absolutely, yeah. The the minimalism, uh, anti-consumerism bent is definitely strong in the in the fire community as well because it 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 uh, uh, 
it relates well to frugality and, and, you know, living leaner and, um, and then you start, you know, getting into stoicism and (laughs) how much do you really need? And the obstacle is the way and things like that. Um, but I, I agree. I, I think, um, you know, it was sort of a, um, unexpected benefit to, to doing this project was, was the accountability aspect, um, which we didn't see coming because to be honest, when I first found the fire framework, um, I was so enamored with it. So excited that I would akin it to a honeymoon phase where in the very beginning I was, I was just dogmatic. And, um, and, and what's interesting about this is, and I'm sure you're feeling this right now. And, um, it's, you know, it's kind of a slow go, right? Yeah. <laughs> it takes time. And, um, so, you know, you have this immediate endorphin, uh, uh, you know, adrenaline rush of, oh my gosh, my life, my whole future is going to change and everything I thought I knew about how my life was going to go has suddenly shifted. And that's really intoxicating and really exciting. But at the same time, um, you know, a couple months in and you check mint again and you check your budgets and you're putting your plans in place and you realize like you get a bit of a sobering moment of like, oh, oh, we've, we've got 10 years to go. Right. <laughs> That's a decade. Oh, my gosh. Um, and suddenly, yeah, like, you know, maybe the the podcasts or the blogs or whatever, they, they start to feel a little repetitious or they're talking about things that you already know or whatever it is. And so you're diving for some deeper stuff. And um, yeah, and then like life goes on. And so so, yeah, so the accountability part, I think, is really strong and really important. But, you know, one of the things that I think the FIRE framework also provides is that sense of community. Um, you know, I think the Internet has really created a, a scenario where, um, you know, the Vicki Robbins of the world didn't have this opportunity back when she was doing things. She was trying to change the world with this framework. She saw that, you know, the the consumeristic society was ruining the earth. And um, and also people were super stressed out and unhappy because of the way they were living, um, buying too much stuff they don't need to impress people they don't know with money they don't have. And so. Um, the problem was, you know, if she got on Oprah, which was the biggest thing you could get on, if she was in the New York times, which was the biggest newspaper you could get in, uh, you know, Oprah didn't have reruns, right. It was a daily talk show. And so if you didn't catch that day, um, or if that idea didn't catch you that day, that was it, you know, that was her shot. And, um, whereas now if that idea, you know, gets out there, like it lives on forever on YouTube or on the internet. And so it's there. And, but the other aspect of that is is this this um, ability for people to convene and create a community on things like Facebook, um, where that's where you know for me that's where the value of the Choose Five guys come in is they've cultivated this incredible community online and their Facebook page, their Facebook group, which I believe is private, um, but you know obviously they're all about inviting people in. Mm-hmm. Um, is very well curated. It is incredibly active. There's a ton of people on there and you can go in there and you can ask dumb questions and you'll get great answers and you can debate about things. And, you know, people are fairly friendly and it's like, it's like a great community, but I'll tell you what's really cool is there's all these meetups. Um, there's all these things forming. There's camp mustache, there's uh, camp Fi, there's um, FinCon, there's uh, Chautauquas. There's all these events that these people are putting on and, and, you can tell that that's a necessary part of this journey is having that support and, and keeping yourself accountable. Um, those are the two things because, you know, it's not it, the, the beauty, the beautiful thing about this whole framework is, is that it's simple. Um, I'm not a math guy. 
And I, I stayed away from investments and financing for a long time because it scared me. Uh, I was, I was fearful of it. And I felt like I probably wasn't, you know, capable enough or smart enough or whatever it was to, to learn how to invest in the stock market. It felt like a big gamble or it felt like a master's degree to get. And I was too damn busy trying to make ends meet. Right. 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 And, um, when I found this, I realized how simple all of it really was. And, you know, I was immediately actually kind of upset because it was like, why aren't they teaching this in school? (laughs) What in the hell took so long for me to learn this? Um, but, uh, but I quickly realized like the cool thing about it is, is, um, it is simple. So it should be fairly simple to go out and teach. Right. And so maybe this is something that I should spend my time on. Um, but just because it's simple doesn't make it easy. And, um, and that's the part that I think is the really compelling journey. And from a storyteller's perspective, that's, a, that's a, a bonus, Absolutely. but, um, but I think, uh, it's, it's really something that, you know, something like this show, what you're doing, um, for yourself and, and for others that, that hopefully connect with this show can, can derive value from is, is keeping, keeping the course, knowing that it's, that it's not easy, knowing other people are going through it with you. I mean, those are all stables to, you know, forming habits and sticking with them. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think the, the big thing here is like, when I look at, uh, you know, I'm like looking at my listeners and seeing like how many people are listening to the show, like I'm not doing it to get you know, this personal brand or to have this popular show. It's for me showing up every week to do the show means that I also had to look at my numbers, look at my progress, think about what habits that I need to either stop doing new habits I need to start doing. Um, it's got sent me down the rabbit hole of, uh, I don't know if you've heard of James Clare's book, the atomic habits. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. so good. Um, yeah. And his uh, his view there is that you're making these one percent improvements anywhere you can, and you know, traveling if you're in a plane, you know, one percent, you know, one degree um, heading off of where you're trying to go, you're going to end up in a very different place. And you know, even the idea that uh, stacking certain habits around each other so that when you do one good habit, that you do you know a second good habit at the same time, that's a way to to make sure you are going to be holding yourself accountable is things that like you don't learn those things in school. I mean, even the m- things that I'm doing for my money, I'm not even investing or anything like that right now. It's literally back to basics. It's looking at the smallest picture of what am I making? What am I spending? Um, lots of right now I'm like playing around with lots of uh, spreadsheets, some that I've found in some of these communities that you're talking about. And then I'm also trying to like kind of make my own just because I'm specifically looking at getting out of debt first with kind of a general direction towards, you know, FI after that. Um, But it's really difficult to, you know, look at that time horizon of like, how long is it going to be until I'm financially independent when I'm in all this debt? So uh, I am curious, like, what is your own relationship with debt and kind of what was your, um, in, in some cases, like the catalyst for you? to really think about like how does money work in your family and and how you want to spend your future yeah um so my relationship with debt is you know luckily it's not dire um like you hear it with some people uh but i i accumulated 30 plus thousand dollars in student loan debt um which took me over 10 years to pay off um so i graduated in 05 and I paid my last payment 
which was actually a lump sum of like $7,000 <laughs> or something like that. Nice. Um, so I, I wasn't even close, you know, um, at that time, if I had just continued with the payments, um, uh, I finally paid that off sometime in 2000 and, uh, I believe it was 16. So, um, 11 years it took us, you know, took me to, to pay that off. And, um, and that was always hanging over my head. And then of course we took on other types of debts, like, you know, leasing cars and things like that. Um, and so it's always been a presence in my life until very recently. I mean, I don't consider our mortgage, uh, really, a you know, debt like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good debt, right. but, um, but up until this, this inflection point of finding fire, I was in debt from the moment I stepped on that campus. Um, and that's a long time, that's 15, 16 years of being in perpetual debt. So I have a very close relationship with debt. <laughs> and, um, and while, and, you know, and it's funny because, you know, that was never, it was like, I, if, as long as I could afford the monthly payment, then I was doing it right. That was what I had, you know, right. I figured. And I, I, I had never done a calculation of how long it would actually take me to pay it off. I didn't know. I, I barely knew what my interest rate was right. on that debt. And, um, and so it was really a, a matter of not being, I, I, I was in a, a fortunate enough position that I didn't have to be a steward to that debt the way I could have been. Does that make sense? And that ended up hurting me. That ended up biting me. Like, because I was, I was sort of complacent in it, you know, and, and thinking about how that set us back, it's just, it's crazy to think about how not only the debt, but also sort of that lifestyle creep, um, the, the situation of financial illiteracy, um, that we got ourselves in, that we kept ourselves in was, it was this complacent, you know, sort of lifestyle that, um, when we found this framework and started doing the numbers, we realized that had we found this when we were in college or right out of college, we would already be retired. And, um, you know, that's a, that's a hit. That's something you got to <laughs> live with for a little bit. And, um, ended up studying, uh, the sunk cost fallacy yeah. <laughs> quite a bit after that and figured, um, and, and kind of worked my way through it. And I'm okay with it now. I'm completely okay with it now. A lot of, you know, what actually helped us was going into like Google photos and, um, going back to old trips and oh, absolutely. Um, experiences and things like that and saying, you know, okay, it's, it's hard to regret this, right. you know, oh, uh, and, lived a and hindsight's twenty twenty. It's easy to say, I wish I had done things differently. Um, and, you know, I, I see the right. same thing when you hear these stats from all these financial books of like, you know, if you start uh, investing and saving at this, you know, at this age, this is what you're going to see. And then that you see all the charts of like, Here's when you start at 20, 25, 30, 35. And, you know, obviously compound interest is your friend when you get into those years. Um, but uh, it, it's hard to say like, cool. Like, I think most of us have rationalized debt. You know, we say everyone has it. Uh, or like you said, you kind of got used to that new normal of just paying the minimum every month. Um, just right. like a bill that you have to pay every month versus thinking about, what could I do to sprint through that as quickly as possible so it's not hanging over me? Um, me personally, I have had the same credit card debt ever since my first startup. Um, and it's something that I've just paid the minimum on forever and I'm always 100% on my payments, but it doesn't make the needle move. Uh, and so yeah. I have to figure out a way to, to make that change. And that's really what set me down this path of a lot of the things that I'm reading are fire principles. They're, they're you know looking at expenses, looking at lifestyle creep, like you mentioned. 
But I mean, everything that we encounter on a daily basis is almost designed to make us part with our money. And so you have to develop some skills and habits to protect that and pay yourself first, assign a job to every dollar, all these different things that, you know, I think that's from Dave Ramsey. Uh, You know, there's a lot of different ways to do it. I think just paying attention to it, no matter which method you choose, is really important. Um, With your documentary, is the hope to... I don't know, educate the world on what fire is. I think there's a lot of misconceptions, especially now there's, there's been the, the Susie Orman uh, firestorm going around right now about fire. But uh, are you hoping to educate people on there is a different way or is there a certain philosophy that you're looking at angle that you as like Scott and Taylor have? You know, it's a, so first of all, you know, when we set out to do this doc, I had um, originally envisioned myself being sort of the narrator that brought the um, brought the viewer through the story, and we would learn about fire and we would learn about the stories um, of fire through others. Um, and once once I connected with our our director, um, he made the suggestion that Taylor and I be the subjects of the doc because we had the access and we were just starting, and that's a pretty rare find. It's hard to get someone who's willing to, you know, really open up your life and emotions and everything. Um, and commit to that time horizon too. <laughs> and exactly. Like we're talking a year and a half of production, right? right? Um, exactly. And, and the other side of it was we had actually outside of the movie, we had formulated, formulated sort of a little adventure for ourselves to travel around the country to kind of see where we wanted to move next. And, um, and that bodes well for a story arc as well. Mm -hmm. So it it was kind of one of those things where it was like, okay, that makes sense. So it wasn't the original intent, but it is what ended up happening. And, um, I will say that there's no specific philosophy that Taylor and I are trying to teach because we are beginners. We are students in this. We are not the experts or the influencers. Um, and, and so, yeah, I would say you nail it on the head. Like our, our goal is to try and share the fire principles. We would like to dispel some of the myths and, and misconceptions that are out there because, you know, as, as members of this community, it is frustrating sometimes to see the mis the misunderstandings and the misnomers the you know, the, the Susie Ormans of the world who continues to, um, stay ignorant on, on the whole thing. Like I've, I saw an interview recently where the interviewer um, actually referenced our director, Travis, because she had just interviewed him prior and used him as a starting point to ask her some questions about the fire movement. And she's still saying like, I just don't understand. Yeah. Well, I, I think she's stoking, uh, stoking the media for her own book right now. I think that's sure. the whole point, yeah. but you know, yeah, I, yeah. She's a master. At that I point. listened to her afford anything interview with, with Paula. And uh, I mean, she does bring up a lot of sobering things for me as a freelancer. Um, and mm-hmm. this is something that we'll get into in future episodes, but you know, like for me, I personally don't plan on not working in the future. I think being able to choose the work that I'm passionate about is a privilege. And I look forward to being able to do even more of that in the future. But being able to just think about like as freelancers, we don't have things like disability insurance. We don't typically most freelancers don't have a safety net. They don't have three to six months of savings. Uh, and so for me, like living literally invoice to invoice or paycheck to paycheck you know, that isn't a way for anyone to live. And I mean, even in, you know, corporate jobs, there's people living paycheck to paycheck, 
most people don't have, again, the savings that they need. And they're one really terrible accident away from something happening. And I think her interview seemed very dire just because she just focused so much on these tragic events that could happen um, without necessarily thinking about like all the wondrous things that can happen on a day-to-day basis as well. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, money as a tool, you know, we're spending our life energy to, to make money, making sure that that energy is going towards something that we actually value instead of, you know, I'm squandering it on coffee that, yeah, you know, coffee is good, but it, it's not something that at the end of the day, it, it's not why I get up in the morning. Uh, I doesn't want to, I don't want it to be the reason I'm getting up in the morning. That's right. And that's, you know, absolutely. So this, this movie, what we're trying to do is we're trying to tell tell a story that reframes and hopefully inspires people to start making some changes. It reframes their, their idea of reality and shows them that there is another way and here is that way. And here's what it looks like. And we're truthful in that story. We're, we're not, um, Hey, it's all, you know, roses and butterflies. Like there, there are some, some, there's some pain to this. And, um, and you know, if you can show people that, that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. If you can explain to people what it's all about and do it in a way that, I mean, that is our job. Our job is to tell the story of the fire community. So, and the fire movement and the fire framework and whatever you want to call it. And so, um, you know, yeah, we, we better get it right. And getting it right in, in our eyes is, is showcasing, um, as best we can showcasing this, this moment in time, this, this movement, the people that are in it, what it's about and how you can apply it to your life. And, um, you know, we've, we've drawn from the minimalism documentary that you mentioned earlier as sort of inspiration from the very beginning. I ended up connecting with Matt Deavella, the director of that film early, early on to ask him questions about, you know, how to, how to get this thing started and what did you learn? What are the pitfalls and what should you avoid and all those things and ended up connecting with Ryan Nicodemus and, um, uh, met with him in LA with Travis and, uh, had, had some great conversations and led to an interview with, with him and Joshua. And, um, you know, they're, they're brilliant, wonderful people too. And, um, you know, that film, you know, was born out of, um, a tour. They were just covering the tour and then kind of felt like, oh, we can make a doc out of this and created this doc. And, you know, that movie inspired Taylor and I, I remember seeing it for the first time. Netflix was telling me that it was something I would probably like (laughs) for months, I finally hit play. And, um, I remember that was sort of, that hit me because it hit me at the right time. We were feeling a little bit strapped. We were living in a high cost living area. We were working our butts off and never feeling like we were really getting ahead. You know, that, that feeling that you're talking about where you're living invoice to invoice and paycheck to paycheck. It's not, it's no way to live. And, um, and you got to also wonder like, you know, how much better would you be at your job if you didn't have that stress, oh, if you didn't have that, those issues. And, and so, yeah, that movie, that movie's a good indication of sort of where we're heading, um, you know, to try to explain it off a little bit. It's like, we're, we're trying to inspire people to, to take a look at their lives, to take a look at their situation, um, to educate them to some extent, but this, this movie is not going to get into the math super deep or anything like right. that. We're not going to, we're not going to sit there and debate, you know, three to 3.5% to 4% safe withdrawal rates. Um, we're not going to get into that. And that's, that's not really what, what I think, where I think the power of this movie is going to lie. Um, you know, Travis, the director, he's, he's in the edit as we speak. And, um, you know, we've, we've been able to show some, some rough versions of the, of the film to various people. And 
we're trying to get a sense from you know people who know all about this stuff, people who know t- uh, Taylor and Scott, um, people who kn- who don't know anything about us, who don't know anything about fire, and try to get like a wide array of opinions. And the one thing that keeps coming back after we show them is no one has major questions about the math. Right. So that's the good news. I I think we've I think we've kind of nailed that uh, down, and and it does show that it is simple. Um, and so it doesn't take a lot to understand how this math works. And I think, I think where you're really going to see the, the resistance is more in, um, well, it doesn't work for me or that lifestyle doesn't work for me, or I don't want to be cheap. Right. Right. And trying to tell that story of, about the difference between cheap and frugal and, um, and, and sort of reframe the word frugal in itself is, is also sort of a goal of ours. Um, you know, it's, it's got, it's, it's had some bad PR, but it's, it's really value-based decision-making and value-based, um, you know, purchasing. And, and that's wonderful. Um, everything that I, that that I find in the fire community, it's like, everybody's very attuned to value. And, um, it's funny, like I have a great story about that. Uh, When I launched the Kickstarter project, the first day I was, I was actually, I just touched down in Orlando for FinCon this year. And, um, I was sitting by the pool. I was in there a couple days early and I was sitting by the pool by myself and I was emailing back and forth with the Kickstarter crew because I had gotten in touch with them um, while I was building the campaign. And it's my first time doing this. I was scared out of my mind to do it <laughs> wrong or mess up something or whatever. And so I just, you know, hounded them until they got a hold of me. And I ended up talking to the, the head of uh, documentary films over there. She's wonderful and incredible with her time and um, very helpful. But um, when I was going back and forth with them, I was about to hit launch like we were ready to go ahead and go live with this thing and um and i i hit them up about a question and um i sent them the trailer we had just gotten the trailer cut and that's what i was waiting on and um i sent them the trailer and i i I was it was sort of my way of saying like hey put us on your you know recommended list (laughs) here's this trailer like don't miss this please um and they got back to me and their uh and the the feedback was like super positive you know like oh this is a really great trailer this reminds me of um uh no what is it no waste man or something like that uh the guy that goes around trying not to uh, have any trash i haven't seen i don't that know one, if you ever no. saw that but yeah um and and she she mentioned that i think that that film was um kickstarted and she had mentioned that like um that did really well and so she goes well this trailer makes me feel like that tra- that trailer did so um that should bode well but I'm really curious to see if you can get a bunch of frugal people to pay up. <laughs> and um, <laughs> it was a tongue in cheek, uh, you know, comment, but it, it was my fear as well. I mean, we, we had talked about that and thought about that. It's like, okay, we're going to go make a film for people who are super frugal and, you know, by nature and by the tenants of fire, don't spend much money right. <laughs> or their money's already allocated to other things. Like, okay, let's see if this works. And, um, and it, you know, the, the, the impetus for the project isn't about making money, but, but you need the, some you know, money a lot to of money to yeah. make it. So we, <laughs> yeah, we'd like to make that money back at the very least. And I've always set that as my goal is just, you know, be able to pay, pay everyone back that I do that. And this has been a monumental success, but, um, but anyway, yeah. So it's just, was, it was really funny because, you know, it, it ended up proving out when we ended up uh, raising a hundred thousand dollars in 25 days, uh, with a thousand backers and, and I can't even tell you the, the outpouring of support. I can't tell you how many people sort of back end emailed me saying like, I was prepared to put up, you know, incredible amounts of money to make sure you hit your goals. I mean, 
that kind of thing. This this community is incredibly generous, and, well, and I, I imagine it, that a lot of them are probably excited to have a documentary that they can point to when people ask why they're doing this, and you know, for they have to explain themselves over and over again. It's outside of this podcast, I've been trying to not necessarily talk about it too much, um, just because there's a little bit of stigma around it. You know, I'm not not talking about it because of that, but it's I don't want to become the guy where it's like everything is about money or he's trying to get out of debt so uh, we can't go out to go to dinner or whatever that might be. And like you said, with value, like it's having the fewer better things, right, that you actually value or the couple experiences that you really enjoy doing, the going out to a meal with friends once in a while, that means much more than going, you know, eating every single meal out just because you're too fast to, you're too busy and, and just harried to actually sit down and think about what you're where you're spending your money and what you're putting into your body um so what i've found is that like focusing on my money has made me focus on everything in my life it's my my diet my exercise my time uh and so it's been just huge for me uh and like we were talking about before we started my big impetus for this was that i had literally run myself into the ground and you know had to go to the doctor and just try to figure out like what is going on and i have no doubt that it was stress it was burnout you know it's time for something to change and so you know it's not always going to be money um that is the root of that but uh for me it was definitely just you know my time was being spent in places that uh, would make some money and then it would go out the door on things that I didn't necessarily need to be spending it on. So if your documentary can show that to people that there are other ways to just even be aware, like you don't have to commit to this full fire um, focus that so many of us have, but being able to just be aware of your finances, your expenses, um, you know, add new income streams if you're looking to be an entrepreneur or start some kind of side hustle. Uh, I think all those things are super uh, valuable. Where can people uh, check out the trailer for that? Yeah, uh, you can just go on YouTube and search for Playing With Fire. Uh, it should pop right up. I think it's the second um, second result after a... Um, uh, what, what's that Japanese pop music called? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I think I think that's that's what's beating us right now. There's like a a song from them called "Playing with Fire." Amazing. So, uh, yeah, it's really easy to find. You can also find it on our website um, homepage. Uh, it's right there. And um, yeah. yeah, it's I, it's you're you're absolutely right. We've gotten a ton of um, we've got a ton of correspondence from the fire community around that exact topic. Of I really hope that this film you know makes it easier for me to talk about this with my family and friends. Um, and that is, that has always been a goal of ours from, from the early days when we were hearing that kind of feedback from people. And, you know, I do think, I do think the, the world shift a little bit since we started this though. I, I do think that there's, because of the major media that has surrounded this, um, I already kind of feel a sense of people are starting to feel a little more comfortable about it. There's more podcasts. There's more media out there about this stuff. You're seeing more blogs pop up where uh, the fire community has had a huge presence at FinCon this year. There's more and more events popping up. There's more people coming together and saying, I'm, I'm tired of acting like, you know, or tired of keeping this thing, you know, to myself. I'm, I'm tired of living in the shadows. I'm tired of not sharing this. I need to share it with somebody. And so, you know, I think, I think there has been some outlets since I, since I found this and since we started really working on this project. Um, but I do hope that, you know, for, for the greater good of the community, that that is one of the, um, one of the outputs, uh, for sure. It's, it's, it's important. And I think it's important for our, for our money journeys. I mean, 
you know, to, to be able to talk about this stuff, um, you know, Taylor and I were very closed off about talking about money. Um, we attributed a lot of, um, success, our value to others. Um, uh, our, you know, the perception of who we were to our salaries, to our jobs, to how much money we had. And I think that's just a product of how our current society is sort of structured, right? And that's how we use, it's, it's a litmus for how we figure that out and how we navigate that. And our relationship with money is clearly broken. Um, when you look at the stats, when you look at the, you know, 70% of Americans don't have a thousand bucks to put together in case of an emergency or, you know, some major number of people are living paycheck to paycheck and the middle class is getting, you know, absolutely stifled right now. There's no doubt about it. The wealth gap is increasing like crazy. There's a lot of issues around money, but one thing that we can do is, is we can start shifting our relationship with money by, by talking about it more. And, um, I, I would encourage you to lean into it a little bit, Colin, because, um, you know, our experience, my wife and I, we started, Taylor and I really started talking about this stuff. You know, when we, when we committed to this, I mean, we really, we, for better or worse, we, we really went all in. And, um, and so with a lot of our close network, with our close friends and family, it was sort of uh, something we couldn't, we could not actually get around it, right? We had to talk about it. We had to figure a way out to talk about it. And we really struggled in the early days, um, trying to get, uh, trying to figure that out, trying to, trying to put together a place where we felt like, okay, here's how we're going to say this. And here's the points that we're going to make. And, you know, these seem to be the PC ones it didn't really work that way. Like we couldn't, we couldn't figure it out and it didn't work well doing that. And so the only way it really worked was just leaning all in, going all in, being very, very open. And so we started talking about, you know, our annual income in certain years and how much we were spending on that. And that's all in the book too. We tried to be as transparent as we could be without getting like inaccurate because our incomes are all fluctuating because Taylor's on commission and I stopped working for a while. And, you know, there's like all this craziness. It's hard to like put a nice picture together with math. So we just went back to 2016, which was the year before we found all this stuff. And we said we made $142,000 combined and we spent $132,000 of that money. (laughs) And that's a dismal savings rate. Um, but it's better than, than some people have. And, you know, when, but the, the problem was it doesn't matter how much money we made. It's all relative, right? If you're spending it as fast as you're making it, it doesn't make any difference. Um, the savings rate is, is king. And, um, what we found through the, through the fire framework and like getting to the retirement calculator was we had a 40 year work life ahead of us and we were in our mid thirties. You know, we're going to be working until we're deep into our seventies. On, if we, if we keep this up and, um, and, you know, that's, you know, I'm sure with, with compounding interest and some of the investments that we had sort of, uh, passively made through Taylor's 401k and whatnot, we, that would have been shortened a bit, I'm sure. But, but the point was, is that's not the life we wanted. And, um, you know, especially not when, you know, we're already feeling our age in our mid thirties, you know, you said you took up running recently. I'm sure you can, <laughs> can relate. <laughs> and, uh, and I, I, you know, I don't want my, my years when I feel free, when I feel like I have the time to do all, pursue all these ideas that I, I want to pursue. Um, and I want that to be in my sixties and seventies when I'm starting to really feel my right. age. And so, uh, yeah, so we felt that early on, but the point is, is talking openly about that. It was amazing how fast people would, you know, it, it was, it was kind of fun. It's almost like a power to like, first of all, it releases you from that. Um, and second of all, it really opens people up. And we ended up having, 
and once once our friends got over the initial shock of suddenly like hearing all of this information which could very likely be the first time anyone's ever been that transparent with their finances in front of yeah. them like that um it really opened up conversations with our friends and you wouldn't believe the amount of um in-depth meaningful conversations that derived from opening up ourselves and we learned that you know friends who would we'd go over to you know go to a barbecue in their backyard and they're opening hundred dollar bottles of wine and then we find out they're in debt and it's like what are you doing like i wouldn't have ever sipped (laughs) off that amazing wine i figured you were good you know (laughs) you find that kind of stuff out and it's like okay there's a real problem here and um and the other side of it was like, and we can help, you know, we're happy to help. Let's talk about it. Like anytime you want to come over, let's look through this stuff. Believe me when I say, I don't care how much you make. I don't care what kind of debt you're in. I could care less. I've already told you my numbers. I've already shown you mine. You can show me yours if you want. If you don't, I don't care either. And for that, I think I've really only been engaging with people who've reached out through the podcast um, just because yeah. they've kind of opted into it. And I mean, it's been amazing to say, like, I'm a freelancer and I'm in debt and then get a slew of messages from a bunch of freelancers who, you know, are like, I've never told anybody this, but this is what my reality is. And there is no shame around it. There's no blame around it. You know, we, again, have talked about the fact that it, it's very easy to get into these things like, you know, credit card companies are sending me offers every day, even though they know how much debt I'm in. Um, and I know I shouldn't <laughs> open any new cards. Um, but uh, being able to have those conversations. So I, I think I'm, I've been toying with the idea because I'm going to be publishing my, um, like a, I'm basically publishing a, a spreadsheet of numbers and kind of the, the burn down of my goals. Uh, and I've been kind of going back and forth on whether or not to actually publish income and things like that as well, which, I think having mm-hmm. this conversations, you know, made me realize that I should lean into that more and just blow it wide open. I mean, I, I realize that there are considerations in that in that factor, right? When you're negotiating with clients and things like that. And if you're being that transparent, right. I can see where, you know, you'd be concerned about that. And and so that's something to consider. There's no doubt about it. What I'm saying is, and, and I think what's great for what you're doing here is you're, you're learning how to have those conversations too, through those types of emails you're getting and the people that you're inspiring, the people that are reaching out to you and you know, you'll, you'll get better and better at it. I mean, I'm, I'm no expert myself, but I have had a couple of years now of people reaching out and I'm, I'm leaning into those conversations, you know, we're super busy doing all this stuff, but I always try to, you know, that's always like a really fun part of the job is to, um, you know, spend an afternoon trying to get through the emails that are coming in and you wouldn't believe the outpouring of, of emotion and detail on on people's journeys that, you know, we haven't technically solicited. (laughs) They're just kind of offering it. And, um, and it's really incredible. It's really incredible. And it gets me like really emotional. A lot of times, like I'll get into those things and I'll be like tearing up, you know, half the time just with emotion of like, wow, like these people are so supportive of this or, you know, wow, that's an incredible journey that they went on and look how much their life has changed for the positive because of this framework, you know? So, um, the point is, is I've had a lot of experience in, in, in talking now about the stuff and being open and um, kind of found where the, where the pitfalls are and, and, and really the reactions of people. I think one of the things to be aware of is the guilt that is embedded. And, and you and I can see this. We agree together that the way society is constructed, it, it, it's really hard to say it's anybody's fault. 
um, you know, to get into this. I mean, you're constantly bombarded with ads and yeah, you're getting credit cards sent to your doorstep when you shouldn't even have them. You're being told you can afford X amount of house when you really sh- you have no business buying that much of a house or, you know, it's totally normal to finance your vehicle this way. And like, oh, look at this great lease deal. It's like this constantly happens all over. And then on top of that, everyone around you is is succumbing mm-hmm. to this, right? Everybody is driving a fairly new vehicle, it seems. Everybody's living in that, Keep, that neighborhood over there. And it's like, and yeah. 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 And so you think you're falling behind when in fact, most people are just as if not over leveraged than you are. Exactly. And so, so, you know, I, I, what I'm saying is I encourage you to really lean into those conversations with your, with your, you know, close network. And, um, and I, you know, I think it's one of those things where like, if we go one-to-one, if we like all decide that we, we're going to go one-to-one, like if you learn about this fire framework, then you teach at least one other person about this fire framework. Um, see if you can even get someone to commit to it, you know, because um, that means that they're going to go out and they're going to pay that forward too. And um, I'm trying to accelerate that in my own scenario as much as possible. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, wait until your documentary and your book comes out. You're going to be getting a lot more of those messages. And I think that'll be very inspiring to just see the, the, direct impact you guys will have with that too i mean i've seen the cast of people that are in the documentary and i mean just the number of people that you guys are going to be able to to reach with that will be pretty great so i really hope so i mean the people that are in the doc have done so much already to share their strategies tactics tips you know their life to make this uh this movement a possibility to make this framework uh, available to so many that they deserve it you know this this film this our project is for them. Um, absolutely. And it's for this community. It's for those people. And, um, yeah, we're just, we're just happy to be part of it. That's fantastic. Awesome. So where can, uh, people find you and playing with fire online? Uh, you can go to playingwithfire.co, uh, to check out the website and that will have updated information on, uh, the film, the book release, uh, the podcast, the book is released on January 15th. Our podcast is hope we're hoping to launch the first few episodes in January as well. And right now we're on track to uh, to release the film in theaters in mid-March. Um, and it's looking pretty solid. So I think that's when that'll end up happening. And we're going to be announcing all this stuff with real dates and times and locations uh, really soon. And then I'd say in the next maybe three to four weeks. So it's coming up soon. I don't know when this uh, episode will launch, but we're talking about uh, early 2019, spring of 2019. A lot of this stuff will be coming out. So And then we're on social, uh, love and Twitter. Uh, we're at, at Play With Fire Co. Um, and we're also there on Instagram. And then we ended up getting Facebook.com forward slash playing awesome. with fire. So that's where you can find get us. you that uh, playing with fire Twitter. <laughs> Please yeah. help me if anyone knows. <laughs> awesome. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time. It's been great to catch up after all these years. And uh, we'll definitely have to catch up again once once all that stuff drops. Uh, this episode will actually be going out on Wednesday. So um, the, the weeks keep going. We got to get this out. So um, I really appreciate you coming on and uh look forward to following your journey a little bit more thanks so much colin hoping uh hoping we can maybe do a screening at the collective one day oh fantastic that would be (laughs) that's gonna have to happen (laughs) all right sounds good all right thanks scott music in this episode from blue dot sessions 